Ben, good to see you. Obviously, we've talked so much about what's been going on in China. Um, you're watching the markets closely, particularly yields on the rise. I'd like to start with that here at home with the, the 1.5%, right? The highest that we've seen in three months. What does it tell you and why should investors be watching this? What does it mean for their money? Hey, Nicole. I think it's a positive because, you know, we, we are finally normalizing back to where we actually should be going. You know, the economy is moving out of the pandemic. And although the Delta variant is still with us and maybe another variant and that's affecting, for example, the supply chain, it isn't really disrupting the economy in any other way. So I think what you saw with the durable goods numbers, your colleague outlined, there's actually an inventory buildup happening across the board, a lot of different products. That's very healthy. So I think. That's one reason why yields are rising. In addition to, you know, last week during the Fed meeting, we had a bit of a strange reaction. The long end was yields were down and shorter maturity yields were up. I guess reflecting that monetary policy will be tightened sometime in the future. The following days, though, we went up with yields much more, really, because I think the market adjusted to, well, the Fed has a bullish forecast. Growth will be 3.8% this year. And continue into next year. So that I think is a, is another reason. So this is a growth driven yield move, a healthy move in my view. So you're more in the growth camp, right? You're more bullish than bearish. Um, you talk about durable goods being good. You talk about better um, rates as a person who's really at, you know concerned and you watch the situation in China. You know, I've heard about the ships at the ports, particularly in California, waiting to come in. This weekend, I saw a photo of that in the New York Post, how all the ships are waiting to come in. And I'm sure a lot of those goods are coming from Asia, even though we had a Vietnam shutdown. What does it mean? Is that good news that I guess eventually all these ships will come into the United States? Because they're all sitting out there in the ports waiting. Yeah, I think that is the important part. Like, it, of course, it, it's delaying the delivery of products, but the demand of those for those products hasn't waned really. In fact, it only has picked up. So once that logjam does get solved, and it is now news out that the port workers in in Long Beach, particularly, are going to work 24 hours. Right, they're going to have these shifts. So they're trying to move it faster forward, even though there's an out and there have been outbreaks. You know, that does mean there's a lot of flood of goods coming into the United States in a number of months. And so it does mean that, you know, supply will meet demand. And it doesn't necessarily mean to lower prices, more like prices will stay firm. So I do think that this is a positive, even though it's a, you know, a sign of disruption as a result of the pandemic. But the good news is there's not like you know, fewer goods available and not coming to our ports, right, because of lack of demand. In fact, there's more demand, but also more products available. So a good, a good, a good development. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I've read your notes. I remember you sent one on crypto and China's always in your wheelhouse. And so I'm sure you're watching the China Evergrande situation. But I also, because many of our viewers are focused on crypto, I do want to ask you your thoughts on the crackdown, you know, the talk of it being illegal. And it spooked folks to a certain, so you can possess crypto, but you just can't use it, not anywhere, right? Um, and we are seeing Bitcoin down today. What are your thoughts on investing in crypto, the future of crypto? It's really interesting, Nicole, that each time that China has taken measures against crypto since 2013, 
that Bitcoin ultimately rallies by something like 25 to 50% in the following period. So there's one thing about this ban or this now complete full ban of it's illegal is that you know, there's going to be more regulation, regulation around the use of crypto, whether it's in China or whether it's here in the United States too. This does give a lot of comfort to the institutional investor base that wants to adopt crypto too as an alternative asset. So from that perspective, it's actually a positive. Now that you declare something illegal doesn't mean that it's illegal everywhere. So what we have seen is that the mining operations are moving out of China quickly over here. So I think that's another implication if we're getting more, more of those operations out there, not only means potentially more employment, but also more use of energy, right? So that's that's another backdrop. And I think what's happening with China with its power use curves because of environmental uh, targets that they've set, which is kind of seasonal, I think that is maybe somewhat related that they said we also need to rein in crypto together given the extensive electricity use of, of Bitcoin crypto mining. But overall, I think the ban itself is not a negative for Bitcoin. I would actually expect it to see it the same as in the past, likely rally in the future ahead. Ah, okay, that's a good heads up. And last but not least, I mentioned China Evergrande. Um, last I checked, one of the payments was still behind. They're, they're looking up words like contagion and their people are reviewing what happened with Lehman Brothers. Some folks are trying to draw some parallels. What is it that we should be watching and why should investors here in the United States pay attention? Is there a danger ahead or is this very um, single story straight to Evergrande? I think it's a single story. It is about a company that expanded so much and, and borrowed too much money and then gets at a point where it faces the liquidity problems because the Chinese government has taken action on the property sector itself to rein in all this expansion and lending. And so Evergrande, yes, will go through some form of a restructuring, has to negotiate that with, with including US and other foreign investors. And that will take time. Good news though is that is not the same as Lehman. Lehman was really a global issue. It was a counterparty risk issue. It was really across all kinds of institutions. That's not what Evergrande, fortunately, is, is about. But what we do have to take stock of is that the Chinese property market is under pressure. If there will be more decline as a result of companies like Evergrande and several others really having to restructure and shut down business, then that can affect the Chinese economy and affect, therefore, at least global sentiment around the Chinese economy and, and thereby markets. That I would be continuing to watch for. But I don't see the right. classic contagion from Lehman. If anything, it's somewhat more local, where you know you have to take notice though that the bank shares of Chinese banks, as well as some of the Hong Kong based banks, have been under pressure as a result of Evergrande. So that's a, another small item that you have to watch. Yeah.